there is nothing wrong in quitting something midway just because you realized it it is not for you one you we can realize it only when we try it right? otherwise we have been we would be imagining that okay i should have done it i should have done it i just tried i did not like it i left second one i tried i enjoyed it i continued so that way i have tried many things and probably i did not whatever i did not like i have dropped it i have stopped it but whatever i i am enjoying i am just continuing it as long as i, I enjoy it i am going to continue it and i think people should give themselves a fair chance to grow and to learn by pursuing what they like whatever it is when in whatever way you get a return it doesn't matter whether that is financial or otherwise you might be getting a return in leaps and bounds in different ways we just have to make ourselves open for it namaste hello welcome to prunership diaries i'm shweta your host for this show each week i interview either solo pruners or entrepreneurs or mom pruners or side pruners from varied fields and expertise If starting a business is on your mind and you want to learn the nitty-gritties of running a business or you want to become a solo pruner jump right in let's explore the intricacies of taking charge of your own business uh welcome to prunership diaries today we have with us shridhar hr who is an academician a quiz master a logo designer and a branding fan He has been working as an assistant professor with the MBA department at BMS College of Engineering Bangalore for the past 10 years. Apart from this, he has a side hustle, a quizzing firm called Think Quizzing, where his designation is the chief thinker and quiz master. He has hosted around 100 quiz shows for different audiences from schools, colleges to corporates on topics ranging from business, sports, general quiz to niche topics like cinema and coffee as a logo designer he has worked with business establishments who wanted to leave their mark literally and metaphorically in their area of business he has designed logos for 20 businesses across various sectors like sports jewels e-commerce salon or spa education media and i have been a student albeit a short while uh, while i was studying mba It is such an honor to have you here sir. Welcome to my show. Thank you very much Shweta for this invitation and the pleasure is mine and I'm very excited to attend this and hopefully it turns out to be good for both of us and of and for the audience. Absolutely. Uh, I am really excited for this interaction as uh, we have someone who personifies MBA that is marketing, branding and advertising. Advertising that's how I call MBA. Absolutely. So my first question is uh I think many of us have this question like as young adults uh who are always faced with this dilemma of uh, what vocation or career to choose. In your life at that point in time you were very clear on the careers which you didn't want to choose. So how did you decide and did you have a vague idea on what you intended to do with your skill sets at that point in time? I had absolutely no idea of what I wanted to do. uh see when i was studying university in uh, my native hassan uh the only thing on my mind was to become a doctor i had never uh, even in my wildest dream dreamt of becoming an engineer i don't know for what reason i even wanted to be a become an engineer and i had uh, no guts to tell this to my parents you know i was studying hoping and thinking that i would become a doctor i always visualize myself as a doctor you know and people who used to come and you know who talk to me at my you know house the relatives and they used to say you make a good doctor you make a good doctor you know that way 
probably that had uh, you know that sort of seed in my mind of being a doctor but over a period of time i realized that becoming a doctor uh, might not be my cup of tea in terms of uh, the duration in terms of the financial commitment it takes around 10 years and i had to start you know earning early and but i didn't want to do engineering so one day i gathered some courage and you know informed my parents that i didn't want to study engineering and uh, they explained to me that you know the benefits of doing an engineering course as in four years you can finish it and you can you know get on with jobs and all of those but i said no i cannot do engineering then my father was uh, very sensible enough to understand that there's no point in forcing somebody to study something you know when they don't, when they don't want to do it and uh, he said don't read cet at all there's no point because medicine i can't you know help you study that and engineer you don't want to study so there's no point in writing cet so suck it and i remember my principal had called my father and you know he was just worried that in, in the entire college i was the only one who had not taken cet and he just could not uh, digest this fact that a parent was listening to uh, his uh, son who might not be experienced enough to know the worldly ways you know but my father said there's no point in you know forcing him so that way to answer your question i had absolutely no clarity after i decided i didn't want to do engineering i just tried to do what alternatively i can do without engineering so that is when i chose bbm and you know in turn of events i came to bangalore to study bbm so at that point of time i had no idea of uh, what to do what skill sets i had what am i going to do all i wanted was a job at the end of the day i would really uh, appreciate your parents for actually listening to you and uh, supporting you in your decision that uh, you know i don't want to do engineering and uh, i think it it really goes a long way because uh, many i mean the people in their teenage years or young adult life they would always have this confusion i think when you know that you don't want to do something i think just just leave it at that and and of course many things will all always fall into place and uh, pertaining to your skill set and think you will always find it certainly and i think like we don't have answers at any point of time as we just go ahead we just get them we just you know, discover ourselves and we just find ways can i quote an example here when which i was reading somewhere yes sure uh, i was reading a book sometime and i read this beautiful uh, one a paragraph like a example they gave it's it's night is dark and you have your car when you switch on your car you switch on the headlights too see how long can you see with the headlight not till the destination right you, when you switch on a car uh, probably 10 feet or 15 feet is what the headlight you know makes the road visible with that visibility we go further and if the rest of the roads opens up and you reach your destination so probably something like that we are just too scared to get on to do what we like to do but we have to realize that as we start doing the doors open up themselves we realize what are the ways to you know get things done yes yes absolutely so rightly said sir and thank you for that uh, example it really fits the bill <laughs> yeah all credit to the writer yes i mean i understand then you uh, finished at bbm and then you moved on to uh, mba and after graduating for mba you worked as a copywriter at gray apple an ad agency and moved on to teaching so what triggered you to make this transition from uh, copywriting to teaching and why how did that happen when i was doing studying my mba i somehow uh, picked a passion for advertising i loved advertising and i wanted to be a part of that particular industry and i was really not clear of what roles you know in what role or in what way i can be a part of it or what was the way to get in 
Now, because advertising agencies do not come to colleges for recruitment, we get other MNCs coming up for you know recruitment for different organizations, but advertising agencies never come. Or even if they do, probably they would choose one or two colleges in the creamy layer, but not you know every college. So you know we don't get to know uh, what kind of roles we have in advertisement agencies or how to prepare to be to work for advertisement agency. But somehow I had this. I have to get into advertisement agency. So once I finished my MBA, what I did was I was not taking up any uh, placement opportunity coming my way because I wanted to get into an ad agency. So I remember in, during the college also. After my MBA, also for three four months, I was uh, walking around all the ad agencies, and I can clearly tell you, uh, there was there is no ad agency in Bangalore which I have not visited. I made a list of all how the ad agencies, and every day I used to you know uh, take a route map and uh, go and visit every ad agency. But over a period of time, I realized it is not easy getting into it because it is a very close knit industry, and uh, they don't need MBAs specifically for the role I was looking at. I was looking at a creative role. And they did not want an MBA. They wanted somebody who was good in English, as in English literature, or uh, you know, people who can weave words. And I had carried my portfolio, as in whatever I made myself. And uh, finally, at the end of three months, I uh, found a job as a junior copywriter in uh, an ad agency called Grayapal in Vasantnagar. So that's how I got into uh, ad agency. But as soon as I uh, joined ad agency and started working over there. Somehow, I was not happy with the kind of role I got and the kind of work I was doing. So it is like you know, uh, when I was outside, I had imagined it to be something, but when I got in, it, it did not match my expectations. Or probably I realized, okay, this is not what I wanted to do. I do not blame the agency or do not blame the industry. Probably there was not not a right fit, or we can say that you know uh, I did not get into the right place or right kind of a role. So I did not want to continue there. Then I made up my mind. Okay, let me do uh, civil services. Okay, uh, I thought okay, I can do civil services, and I came back to my native, started preparing for civil services. Then you know I cannot sit at home and do civil prepare for civil services. How long can I prepare sitting at home? Then I, again, uh, once uh, I started discussing with my uh, father, and he suggested uh, you know get into teaching because teaching would complement your preparation. It might give you sufficient time to prepare as well as. Uh, something you know the mindset is common as in reading is common for both so you would not feel uh, you are in working in a different industry correct so that is how i got into uh, teaching but what happened is the turn of events as i started teaching i started liking it <laughs> i started enjoying it and stuck here you know i just happy to be uh, here that's it and uh, yeah i am no more a civil servant civil service aspirant i am happy being a teacher yes so that's how i got into teaching <laughs> okay this actually leads me to the next question So there are quite a lot of us who rely on the security of a job rather than hopping onto exploring the various avenues of you know starting or growing a business uh, where you could leverage your skill set in the best possible way. Do you see any gaps or areas to be changed in our education system pertaining to this mindset, or uh, do you think it solely depends on an individual? I ask this because I mean you started with copywriting, but then you explored that. feel and then you said you seem to understand that it was not the right fit for you and then you moved to teaching but then again you had another goal to it but then while exploring teaching you fell in love with it i think that's something that your skill set matched to what you wanted to do so suddenly uh, the two parts you asked both are right as in is it individualistic or uh, has uh, our education got to do something with this both are right as in i have uh, read something about education system and what happens is our education system the way it was created mm-hmm. the way it is designed 
it is designed to make us employees it is the curriculum what we design even now let's say we are designing it uh, in from the point of view of industry as in will my student have a skill set to suit a particular job will my student have a yeah skill set to put suit a particular company or an industry this is how we are thinking and probably there's nothing wrong in it we are probably molding all the students in a certain way to fit a particular job role yes that is how our curriculum is being designed from childhood for that matter okay i just saw a video long back it was uh, you know uh, uh, viral probably you might have also seen uh, it it spoke about our education system it says what is a for you tell me i asked shweta what is a for apple yeah the question was why should a for be apple always why are we trained to say a for apple why can't it be something else why can't it be anything which the kid wants to tell you get it right so from that point when the moment we are taught a for apple b for whatever ball we have been trained to say a like think a like that is how our education system has been designed because they are preparing us for a particular job so in this process the individual skill sets are not explored to give you another insight when i was uh, uh, looking for a school for my daughter okay she is in a first standard right now uh let's say 3 years before when she was in when i was looking for schools i was uh, looking for such schools who do, who do not examine her on her uh, academics or anything it is called alternative schooling that is the new term i you know discovered back then but the problem here is every alternative school everything is very very expensive it is not affordable at all compared to the normal schools normal schools by themselves are very expensive but if you are talking i don't want to name the schools but nevertheless all the schools who are very famous for being uh, you know good pioneers in alternative education they are damn expensive so when something like that is made unaffordable people would want to settle down to something uh, which is regular and these regular schools are churning out uh, students and i am uh, you know really feel sad for students who are preparing for their uh, iit jee from primary school and that is what our schools are training from fourth standard fifth standard they have olympiads they have jee trainings and i really feel sad for those kids because they have been trained to become a engineer from fourth standard from fifth standard i do not mean engineer for the matter any any particular job i, I mean so that is the problem and uh, in my personal opinion i think the new education policy is trying to uh, bridge certain gaps of this as in they are concentrating to uh, train students on skills uh, rather than on common academic criteria that is one welcoming move i have not read it completely but nevertheless what i have heard from other people is one is the skill based education what they are trying to give and one more point i want to make here is see uh, all of us let's say we whether we study engineering or medicine or let's say management or for the matter anything science technology or we are not trained in the field of finance because ultimately we are learning everything to let's say lead a life for which money is essential to whatever extent we require it but in the schooling to the college nowhere we are trained to learn about money management how to make it how to keep it how to earn it how to grow it we never learn it i like as in we never we are not never taught it so i think that has to be made mandatory from the school itself because that is what is important i am not telling that money is important but definitely uh, to whatever extent people have money they could earn money they should know how to use and earn it and like grow it so financial education is i think uh, an elephant in the room which no one is watching no one is seeing and coming to second part of it as you said individualistic certainly because uh, not everyone is equally motivated right not everyone is equally inspired similarly not everyone is uh, uh, equally willing to do what they want to do at this point i would like to really appreciate what you are doing 
because uh, you know even before what we we spoke last time what are you doing with your life you know probably you are doing what you wanted to do irrespective of what others ask you to do i don't know but i am sure you are doing what you want to do because otherwise you won't explore so much right you're keeping your inner legs in so many places and i'm sure you would have become a better person so it is highly individualistic like not everyone is doing what you are doing right and not complaining or not uh, commenting on their choices that is their complete individual choice but there are certain people who want to do some things but they are they have the inhibition or inertia to just jump in and do it so it is also highly individualistic for people to get motivated and inspired and to be driven so much that a particular passion drives them in a certain way I mean, so rightfully said, sir. I mean, I so agree with uh, you saying, you know, pertaining to the education system. I think uh, even when I was exploring a few things, I think the one thing that I lacked was, uh, you know, financial management, which is very, very essential. I think for anyone. I mean, I'm not saying because, uh, you know, I'm now exploring or probably, you know, getting into ventures. No. but as an individual i want to know where i'm putting my money or how i'm saving my money what is it that i have to you know invest in there is something which you know has come by only through you know exploring and also gaining some knowledge here and there but i think if if i was you know equipped with this knowledge right from probably school or uh, you know in the colleges that we studied in i think it would add to my value or i wouldn't you know actually uh, spend more time learning about it now uh, you know i would pro- probably rather concentrate on other things which uh, need my attention i i hope you know i think we bring about uh, this change in in the education system and you know right from the start right from the ga- grassroots re- level where you know we inculcate these things uh, you know probably pertaining to personal management or just just about life skills uh, i think which which is probably like missing in our education system and uh, thanks to you for you know bringing this up and uh, also letting us know that you know it's it's something that we all need to work about probably with the education system uh, probably some somewhere we we need to start and make that change can i have one more point just to yes, add on please. see if uh, another benefit of uh, making people financially educated from school is what happens is people uh, stop chasing similar kinds of jobs because they know how to earn money let's say uh, somebody wants to become a painter somebody wants to become a potter or carpentry whatever it is whatever skills whatever passions they have why don't we why don't our children or why don't we uh, you know get into such jobs is because we feel there is no money in that or we can't earn enough money probably we don't know how to earn money because we are not being taught like that i can probably be uh, earning money by painting you know uh many people are doing it but the numbers the ratios are you know very less uh, the success rate is very less so that way if people are trained to uh, look at money as a tool that whatever skill you have you can convert that into money then probably we would stop chasing similar jobs as in joining a similar kind of a company or fit into a similar kind of a role you can choose what you want to do but still you know earn enough money to survive yourself and your family so that is another importance of financial education from childhood i believe yes also i think there needs to be a change of mindset probably with our parents of with our generation or our parents generation they always sought to make us uh, more secure in whatever job we chose uh, but i think somewhere the essence of what we wanted to do got lost i mean either as you said anyone wishes to be a painter or a potter or uh, you know an artist we should probably encourage and i'm sure there'll be opportunities out there is just about we as a society i think that needs to uh, i think probably change it should be a collective change in mindset of uh, everyone i think that's where we need to 
head forward right. yeah so i would like to leave it with that yes so moving on okay i'm i'm getting to the part where you know how you got into being a quiz master <laughs> which i i'm sure all the listeners out there would be wanting to listen to as well so in your previous talks uh, you have mentioned that attending uh, college fest on management business helped you to gain confidence and knowledge and you were also on a winning uh, streak with many quiz contests and events so do you think this was the stepping stone to uh, being a quiz master and uh, did you really envision yourself as a quiz master then <laughs> certainly no certainly no at that point of time <laughs> okay. see uh, i can I, whatever question you ask me did, did i imagine myself as a certain thing never never in, in my life i have become whatever i wanted to become <laughs> okay yes. it's just that you know whatever uh, changes happen i just uh, quickly learned through that and i uh, adapted to whatever changes happened so that way uh, if you ask me if i had a, if i had a hint of becoming quiz master back then no but certainly see uh, i'm sure many people would agree with me people who move from different places to bangalore we have our own set of uh, inhibitions initially from language from the way we carry ourselves how to talk to people you know the crowd here is different we have that insecurity or uh, uh, you know uh, inferiority complex let's say mm, irrespective of uh, how accomplished you are it doesn't matter similarly when i came in i had my own set of uh, challenges i had to face and uh, in the bbm i had to i had to thank thank my seniors you know they they got it got me into uh, these management fests so for what happened is when i when we go to such fests we get to meet a lot of people from different institutions across the country across state and we get to see that you know you're not you're not different in terms of they are also same they have the same inhibitions other people are also sailing the same boat they feel looking at us they feel okay we are better than them so i just once i understood that once this reality sank into my mind i became comfortable that okay doesn't matter you know everyone is sailing the same boat if i am looking at them and getting worried they are looking at me and getting worried and uh, yeah slowly and uh, steadily and i started winning you know uh, in in the colleges in my graduation and that continued in my ug also in mba also in various events not just quizzing in marketing advertising and as a quizzing so what these uh, let's say five years taught me the graduation in ug taught me is that you just comfortable in your own skin and uh, i just started believing in my abilities as in i i i learned that i can prepare is not just being born with a particular ability i just learned that i can learn and i can prepare for something there is no you know big deal about it so that gave me a confidence and more importantly self awareness of what i can do and what i cannot do what are my strengths and weaknesses so that self awareness once i got it i became more comfortable and more confident about myself probably be talking to others and carrying myself addressing people on the stage so once that inhibition is gone i became uh, more confident and even that at, at that point of time i was not i was not clear of uh, you know becoming quiz master even then i just wanted a job all i wanted to do then is get into ad agency okay see what happened is uh, once i joined teaching and uh, in 2011 we had our uh, first uh, inter college management fest from our college we named it quest so it was the first time our department was hosting quest and we were, we were all excited uh, the students and the faculty everyone were excited and i was the coordinator and uh, we planned it and it was going on well so we had a quiz event business quiz event and uh, when it came to who will host the finals huh? ha you know we did not want to call in some uh, quiz master because we did not have the budget to be frank at that point of time 
and uh, when uh, when we asked students they were you know they, were, they did not want to take the risk they hosted all the individual individual rounds and initial rounds but the final they did not want to mess up they were not very confident so it just right. came to me i said okay i'll do it and uh, i just did it i just hosted the finals of that particular quiz now what happened was a chain of events which led, led me to becoming a quiz master so the students of other colleges who had attended that particular quiz so they went back and told their college how they enjoyed this particular quiz and they had a quiz master who did a good job so what happened is the other colleges started calling me they called me saying that okay our students attended your quiz and they liked it can you host the similar quiz in our college i said yes why not so this is how one led to another thing and uh, colleges started calling me because students were impressed with uh, what we were doing with uh, what what kind of quiz i was hosting that is why i have to thank these students who uh, just took that step to you know go and tell them that they really liked what they saw so that is yes. how uh, over a period of time i uh, became a common name let's say in uh, in our university circles where they started calling me for their first or individual quiz events and uh, sometime uh, i thought okay let me give it a professional you know look uh, till then i was i was just called as a faculty and they were just calling me and some day i thought what should i name it and if i can give a proper logo and brand it properly i can do better yes so that was the point when i named it as think quizing and uh, i named it as th.ink think quizing yes and uh, i uh, was thinking what should what should i name it uh-huh. and uh, for that i was thinking the objective of me becoming a quiz master or what should i why should i become a quiz master you know then i thought i should be able to transform somebody from not knowing to knowing okay you know after attending my quiz they should feel okay i did not know all of these now i know all of these so i forcefully fitted these words into my uh, you know uh, th.ink uh, it says uh, that's hot i never knew that's why there is a full stop that's hot full stop i never knew okay to that's hot i now know that's hot i now know so i know i forcefully fit in there but somehow i wanted to uh, give a meaning to this term think th.ink of course it has its pitfalls as in my website cannot have a th.ink in between it's still called think quizzing th.ink quizzing but nevertheless uh, that dot that dot gets people curious they ask me why that dot so I, that is a conversation starter and i can explain them what it stands for and people oh they say yeah i can see that now that you know what <laughs> the transition of uh, that's what i never knew to that's what i now know so that's how i named our uh, quizzing firm as think quizzing and mm-hmm. i designed the logo of chimpanzee thinking yes yes i have seen that and it is very interesting the story behind the think quizzing oh it's really wonderful and um, i think it's all about exp- i mean getting exposure i think you should just need to be ready and just go out there and do whatever that you're good at it can be anything i think probably opportunities will just come by definitely certainly see i i feel luck favors the brave you know opportunity meets the prepared i don't know whatever the you know proverb or whatever the line says you just have to keep on learning and keep yourself open to opportunities we cannot lock ourselves up and say i am not getting opportunities somehow i have to be visible to people and that's the essence of marketing right being visible jo dikhta hai wo bikhta hai right so ensuring my visibility is one thing and ensuring that i am worthy of their call staying worthy of their call every time that is more important because people yes. if once they might call you but if they're not happy with that second time they are not going to recommend you to someone else or they are not going to call you uh, second time 
Yeah, being prepared is very important. Yes. So what do you think are the uh, elements or the characteristics of a quiz master? Uh, for this, I can say being eternally curious. That is the like soul of being a quiz master. Uh, because um, uh, curiosity is something which which probably we question ourselves and try to find why it is happening that way and find out the answer. Mm-hmm. For example, if people are watching a football match, let's say, I, I, I am just looking keen on looking at their shirt, you know, what brands are sponsoring them, who is the owner of that particular football team, you know, uh, what brands these players are endorsing. So I'm curious to know the business aspect of that particular game where people are engrossed in the match. So being eternally curious is one thing, you know, and inquisitive, asking questions, mm. asking questions to yourself to find out more answers in depth and keeping ourselves informed. And most importantly, being a learner. A lot of times we may go wrong. See, I, I'll share an experience with you. Once I was uh, uh, hosting a uh, quiz for school, school kids. Mm. It was an inter-college school uh, competition and I was hosting it and it was a three-week quiz. As in, okay. it happened It happened on three weekends. Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday. So, okay. like, uh, many schools from Bangalore had participated and in the finals, there were, you know, six teams on the stage and I asked a question to them, okay? And uh, some team who are uh, leading and who are really smart kids, he answered something and I tell them you're wrong and I give them some other answer. Okay. Okay. And yeah. they, this kid stands up and proves me wrong on the stage. Oh. Okay. It's like this. For example, I had whatever asked the question I had asked them. And right. I had probably prepared it uh, three days ago, four days ago for that particular quiz. And the answer was a certain, you know, certain answer. Yes. And this guy stands up and says, you're wrong because yesterday it has changed. Oh. And, you know, that is how, you know, I, I uh, was made to be wrong on stage and I take it happily. The kids are so smart and they keep us on our toes, you know. Even before I go on the stage, I have to that, just double check that nothing has changed, you know. Correct. Nothing has changed. So that way we have to be eternal learners. We can't be egoistic. Uh, we have to learn from everybody. And he was like an eight standard kid. And at that point, he, he like outsmarted me and everybody right. there. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, so the characteristic are being eternally curious, being inquisitive, being informed, and of course, being an eternal, eternal learner always. Exactly. And apart from that, and uh, you have to have a knack to ask a certain kind of questions depending on the audience. You should know your audience because in a, let's say in a stage when you go, you, there might be different number of people and different kinds of people. The questions you frame should suit them so that they enjoy it. That is uh, uh, very important. And let's say being witty and uh, being, uh, you know, somebody who can engage the audience is a bonus. That will earn you brownie points. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So that leads me to the next question where I'm going to ask you. So your quizzes, I mean, I have heard that your quizzes have been like, you know, like fresh, not redundant and always par excellence. So how do you go about this in the sense like, you know, ideation, collating questions or creating questions and also driving the participants and engaging the audience as you just mentioned. So how do you do it all? Please let us know the secret. There is no secret. You know, if you remember this film, Kung Fu Panda. Yes. You, have you seen the film? Yeah. This when he ultimately opens the scroll, yes, there is no secret, right? There is no secret at all. Everything is in the open. See, what I do, I'll tell you, my uh, routine or my regime, I'll tell you, uh, for different people, it might be different. See, I am an avid reader, even though I'm, I am guilty of not reading as much as I wish to. But yes, I do read, uh, probably above average reader, you know, in terms of uh, the books I read. Mm-hmm. 
so what I, what happens is when i read uh, anything i read lot of business books non fiction a lot okay uh, compared to fiction and i am a regular reader of let's say newspapers magazines because i that is my job i have to stay relevant whether it's for quizzing or whether it is walking into the classroom to teach something to somebody right exactly so what i do is i i uh, have a notes i have a diary where i note down everything everything which is interesting everything where i feel uh, some kind of a development is happening in terms of business management or you know anything i have this notes as my bible right it could be of any any uh, you know uh, domain i have a note made not mm-hmm. much in detail i just make a note of the brand name or some person in news and i just leave it at that so when i get a assignment or a project to host a quiz i go through this particular book and i i pick up these brands which i want to ask questions about i pick up these people whom i want to ask question about then i start researching about them i want to ask certain facts which people might not know mm, mm. see the fun or my objective of think quizzing is is not to make quizzing difficult for people see it is not to ask difficult questions on stage and disappoint people i want to disappoint the participants in a different way <laughs> by asking them questions of known brands of known people but the story should be unknown because i feel quizzing is a greatest form of education or educating people we just educate by asking questions uh, i'll just give you an example to help you understand if i ask you a question whose answer you have never heard of a brand you have never heard of a person you you'll never get disappointed you will feel like okay i never knew it yeah. i've never heard of it yeah but i want to you feel i want you to feel disappointed by knowing i ask a question on sharukh khan right. okay you might be a fan of sharukh khan and i ask a question where you don't know anything yeah, about it and finally when i say the sharukh khan you feel disappointed because are i am fan of sharukh khan I, and i felt i know everything about sharukh khan and finally this is something which i didn't know and you feel disappointed and you feel happy about the quiz so i frame questions that as my driving you know path how can i disappoint people on stage not that i want them to not answer it i want them to answer it but in case they don't answer they should learn that okay this is something which i did not know about a familiar people familiar brand correct so that is how i do my research when i frame questions and as i told you depending on the audience depending on the participants i make it easy or difficult because uh, uh, every quiz is not equally difficult equally challenging as in for the people some uh, quizzes we know that the crowd is really really strong and the crowd you know the participants should be really informed and you know uh, they prepared for it but we also know that in certain kinds of quizzes in certain kinds of institutions the audience who come there or the participants who come there might not be so well informed so the same question i can ask in two different ways that's one thing another part i take care is not to repeat a question yeah not to repeat the question as is because the same participant might come there and if he says okay this person had asked this question there my reputation is damaged there it's gone so i just make it sure that i do not repeat any question in any of the quizzes probably that is why people you know like and appreciate the quizzes which are hosted by think quiz because it's fresh right how do you engage the audience that is very important what i do is uh, before the starting of the quiz itself i take them into my confidence i okay. i talk to them as partners you know we are hosting this quiz together and i make them a part of my whole quizzing process as in of course there are audience questions just to engage them but i uh, something like a you know oath taking i just tell them and request them not to scream out answers not to you know discuss not to make noise because i uh, enlighten them that this is a live show this is not a recorded program it is not a film theater it is like a live show where something like a live play is going on if a single noise or some kind of disturbance is there the whole performance is disturbed and they would be responsible for it 
and like nine out of ten times people are uh, you know adhering to what I say and what I request. And of course, we have uh, you know audience quiz just to engage them. And when participants do not answer, we go back to the audience and many times they give out right answers. Probably they would have googled it by then, but nevertheless they uh, give right answers and they also get you know <laughs> some kind of prizes and whatever has been organized. So that way, I make sure that they are part of uh, the question asking process and not just mere answering. So the, we are more like partners, the audience, and we are more like partners in the whole process. <laughs> First, of course, to um, engage with the participants with the questions uh, and also disappoint them through the <laughs> answers if they do not know. And also to, you know, keep in touch with the audience because they might, you know, probably feel bored or, you know, they might, you know, just, just walk away because, you know, they're not getting it. I think what you're doing out there is like amazing. I mean, no, that's no wonder that, you know, you have been called for many quiz shows to host in many uh, colleges. I think that really speaks about how commendable your uh, your work is out there as a quiz master. <laughs> so that's amazing. It's just being true to your audience, nothing else. Yes. And uh, the tagline of Think Quizing is engage, entertain, enlighten. And that is the order we have to follow. I, I follow. I want to engage people, entertain people, and in turn, at the end, enlighten them. It is not the other way around. Absolutely. It, this leads me to the question, do you think exploring oneself or investing in our passion is important? I asked this question because you have been a copywriter, an academician, a quiz master, and also a logo designer, which we will be talking about in a short while. So how do you balance them all? And do you think it's very, very important for everyone to explore? Uh, I'll take it in two parts. First of all, I'll tell you if it is important to explore. If you do not explore, you would not discover what you are capable of. We will have to try out a lot of things. Of course, we would not succeed in everything. I know my failures. Probably you have, you would have mentioned, uh, we are talking here because you would have uh, felt I'm doing good in certain things or in certain areas. But I know the parts where I have not done well at all. I know the parts where I have been extremely uh, bad at or I have failed tremendously. But that doesn't matter. The learnings which I have got from all of those are the ones which are helping me to become a better quiz master, to become a better teacher, to become a better logo designer. So we just have to go out and explore a lot of things. There is nothing wrong. Something we might do for one week, something we might do for one month and something we might do consistently. And that what we do consistently is what we realize that we like. We drop a lot of things. It's like a book, you know. Uh, I have a huge cupboard of books and uh, uh, probably 80% of them I have not read yet. Not because I don't want to. Because a lot of times we just get some books. We read it and half the way we lose interest. Some books, you know, they we don't read them. They get us reading till the end. <laughs> Our passions yeah. are like that, you know, passions are like that. We feel we are good at something or we like something. As we do it, we, we don't enjoy it when we just have to drop it. There is nothing wrong in it. When I joined ad agency, I, I thought I might enjoy it, but I did not enjoy it. And I didn't want to force myself through the, the grind. So I just have to quit it. At this point, I just want to mention one more. Uh, you know, I was watching this TED Talk by, uh, you know, film director Pavan Kumar. You know, he's a very well-known Canada film director. Director yes. of Lucia... U-turn, yeah. His uh, TED Talk title is something like this. It's like, do quit. It's not like everyone says, don't quit, do it. No, he says, do quit. There's nothing wrong in quitting. So his talk is something which is similar to, or probably it's, it is uh, on the lines of what I'm trying to help you understand. There's nothing wrong in dropping something. There's nothing wrong in quitting something midway just because you realized it, it is not for you. Mm -hmm. you, you we can realize it only when we try it. Right? 
Otherwise, we have been, you'll be imagining that, okay, I should have done it, I should have done it. I just tried, I did not like it, I left. Second one I tried, I enjoy it, I continue it. So that way, I have tried many things and probably I did not, whatever I did not like, I have dropped it, I have stopped it. But whatever I, I am enjoying, I am just continuing it. As long as I, I enjoy it, I am going to continue it. And I think people should give themselves a fair chance to grow and to learn by pursuing what they like. Whatever it is. When, in whatever way you get a return, it doesn't matter whether it is financial or otherwise, you might be getting a return in leaps and bones in different ways. We just have to make ourselves open for it. Absolutely. I mean, I totally believe in that, that, you know, investing in ourselves and also exploring uh, would certainly take us uh, a long way. You know, just about knowing ourselves better and uh, where we can probably uh, fit our skill sets or probably there could be certain skill sets which we may not have, you know, explored at all. I think it just gives an opportunity for us to look deeper and see what we are good at. And uh, yes, I mean, totally agree that, you know, one should explore no matter what. Right. So great. Um, so could you let us know how logo designing started and uh, also how important is a logo for a company? Uh, I would like to ask that. And if you can also mention to us the legal aspects to it. Like, let's say, I mean, I'm sure there are many listeners out here who are just starting off with a venture or, uh, you know, they want to get into a business. And uh, so what does a logo do first and foremost and the legal aspects to it? Like probably with respect to the registration or uh, the validity of the logo. I mean, is it for a certain period of time? So if you can let us know about it. And firstly, your journey into logo designing. I was interested in drawing from childhood. I have been drawing from as long as I remember. And uh, so that uh, just gave me a knack of drawing. And I had never explored the possibility of a logo designing, you know, when I came in to management side or teaching. What happened is uh, one of my friends, uh, he is a assistant director in Kannada film industry. And uh, he just came to me and said that he was uh, starting up a, a Kannada film website. Upset which shares news about Kannada films and gossips and all of those. Uh, and uh, he asked me to design a logo for it. Okay, they named it KannadaFilmy.com and he was doing it uh, along with his friends. And uh, he asked me, you know, I was uh, keen on logos as in, even before that I was studying logos uh, to understand them, but I never ventured into drawing them. Uh, he just probably understood that I'm a good artist by looking at my drawing and all of those. He just said, why can't you just prepare a logo for me? I said, yes, I can do that. I just understood from him what does he want. And he gave me his brief and I took some time and, you know, I had this, uh, you might know this term, creative's block, creator's block, right? I was stuck at a point and, yeah, and we have our own ways of uh, getting out of that creator's block. And I was stuck at a point and uh, I was uh, designing certain things, certain designs for him. He wanted it to be very uh, prominent as it is the Kannada film, you know, logo, Kannada film uh, website. So I wanted something to denote Kannada something to donate film and all of those. I was thinking, how can I join all of these three? And I was stuck somewhere. One week, I could not progress. And suddenly, I was taking a walk around my apartment and I saw these, on the apartment blocks, you have these uh, number A, A, B, C, D blocks, right? Correct. And I saw this uh, F written on my block when I was walking in my apartment. And some of this F appeared to me like a camera, video camera. Um, I did not know. If I show it to somebody, they might ask me like, how does it look like a camera? But at that point of time, Somehow I, I got a hint that this looks like a camera and somehow I was talking about filmy, Canada filmy. So I could somehow tweak this F and make it into a camera and attach the Canada flag. Somehow it turned out to be something which uh, he, he loved it. 
and that was the first logo i designed and of mm. course when i shared it uh, on my social media a lot of other people started approaching me for uh, logo designs and it's like a same similar to my cuisine word of mouth uh, chain reaction happened and uh, people started approaching me i never like uh, promoted it or i um, i don't have a formal uh, you know organization or a formal brand to uh, mm-hmm. promote it it's just word of mouth or you know people who are familiar to me uh, they probably tell somebody else like that i know this person who can design logo for you so that way and today probably i have designed more than 20 logos i have designed logos for three uh, different set, uh, organizations right now which i cannot uh, which i cannot publish as in as of now they have not yet been uh, formally launched by themselves so one is a, a sports event on the on the on the grounds of ipl that is one i have designed and i have been accepted but they have not yet launched it for whatever reasons second one is a e- e-commerce company and third one uh, which i have designed for the first time is for a trust family trust so i have designed logo for them so these three logos uh, are my recent works which i cannot reveal so i'm happy that i get to uh, work in different sectors i can design logos for different sectors that is what i enjoyed the most of the whole process so you asked me about the importance of logo yes yeah i tell you the process how i uh, get the logo done and i'll arrive at your uh, question see whenever somebody approaches me for a logo i give them a questionnaire mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, once they have to fill the questionnaire as in which has basic information like the name of the company the industry they are working into what meaning do they want to convey Uh, from that particular logo uh, who are their audience uh, preferred uh, colors colors which they don't want us to use so we have certain questions any other information certain do's and don'ts so i get a fair idea and i do a brainstorming session with them uh, it is not as simple as just sitting in front of a paper and drawing it i probably spend a lot of time understanding with the uh, you know founders or the owners what is their idea of logo as in what do they want the logo to stand for what is the message they want to convey so that, that gives me a clear understanding of how to go about it and then probably based on that i give them certain designs and one of the thought process uh, they would like it and then they will, we will develop it further and we will finalize it now that leads me to your question of uh, how is a logo important you know logo logo is not a brand by itself a brand is what uh, people see as a what a brand is something uh, as in what it means to your audience what it means to your you know audience that is a brand logo is the face of a brand it's just one of the brand element just like many other things mm. but it is very important because that is the visible part of the brand right see brand by itself is a thought it is an idea it is a promise it is a trust which is completely intangible what is tangible is what is seen what people can see so if a brand if a logo as a face can communicate to your audience what a brand stands for what it does by looking at the logo if a person can say okay they are in this particular industry mm-hmm. a particular choice of a color will convey or will uh, probably prick a particular emotion in the minds of the people that is what the relevance of a brand is what uh, industry they are into or what kind of a job they do uh, what kind of audience they are serving uh, this is what people will understand by looking at a logo now that is why they want to have it you know uh, uh, individually they want to stand separately from other from the competition that is why everyone wants to have a logo because they want to have a face for their brand true now coming to the legal aspects mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. see as a logo designer uh, it is not my job to get it you know registered or uh, trademarked no at least me it's it is it is not it is not come under my uh, scope of okay. work 
i finalize a logo i create a logo and give them all the you know files regarding a particular logo but to answer your question uh, what happens is if you of course you do not uh, get your logo either trademark or registered there are chances that people other people might copy it yeah. use it you might not use it directly but you know have a similar logo okay but what happens is if you as a brand have put in effort to build a reputation for yourselves have built an audience and mm-hmm. you cannot invest in getting a logo you know registered trademark then you are just giving up an opportunity for someone else to steal it it's like you have collected all the money with your effort and keep the door open in the night it's it's as simple as that so you just have to be smart enough or be considerable enough to invest a small amount of money to get your logo registered first of all get a proper logo done and get it registered when you apply for registration you will get a trademark very soon and uh, once uh, they'll publish the ipr department they'll publish it in their uh, journals and their website that a particular company has applied for this particular logo in this particular industry mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so they'll give other people to object if they feel someone else has similar logo already so if there are any objections the organization will inform us that you have to change because there is an objection you can fight it over in the court or you can somehow amicably resolve it otherwise you will have to change the logo or change certain parts of the logo there is this is the legal process they will publish it it is in chennai the main office is in chennai the ipr intellectual property rights office is in chennai so once you apply on the website we can apply i believe 9000 rupees is the uh, legal fees if you do it uh, individually you can pay 9000 or there are other you know lawyers or other people who can professionals who are working in ipr sector who can get it done for a fee okay. so once you apply as i told you the process in the journals and in the uh, trademark journals and, and in the website it will be published people can object if they want to object or else at the end of uh, the time period if there are no objections you will be granted trademark and finally registration so this is uh, what i am aware by speaking to people to get my logo registration this is what i have understood okay i mean thanks for letting us know about uh, your journey as a logo designer and how it is very important uh, uh, for a company or a business to have a logo because it is it is the face of the company and what you intend to uh, you know put out to the audience as to what your company is all about exactly and uh, and and also mentioning about the legal aspects to it pertaining to the registration i think which is Uh, a must to be done if you are uh, uh, of course looking at your business on a very uh, professional level and want to scale it and take it forward then yes i think this is one thing that you have to do it uh, so my next question is about uh, marketing uh, you did mention that uh, you know you being a quiz master and also with respect to your logo designing it uh, worked out for you through word of mouth marketing i would want your view on this Uh, and also with respect to paid marketing uh, which may have uh, become an essential thing to do with competing brands or companies like, you know is it always to word of mouth marketing or uh, is it like someone has to go in for paid marketing what does it depend on how does it all work so it depends on a lot of factors okay let me put it this way see ultimately the objective of every brand is to make people speak about them yes so it's ultimately the objective is word of mouth marketing every brand wants people to talk about them positively so in that effort they will have to reach out to a lot of people so to reach out to them they will have to rely on certain paid kind of a promotion let's say let's take an example of a film when the film teaser is released let's say they will release the teaser on their let's say youtube channel a particular film 
but they want people to share it they want people to make it viral they want people to speak about it so the ultimate objective is to make people speak to make the audience speak it for themselves and they talk to their friends and tell have you watched this these are amazing please go and watch it so ultimately the reliance is on word of mouth but to trigger that you will have to somehow make yourself visible or if you want people to give you job let's say first of all you need to get a opportunity right it's up to you how do you reach out to them whether you reach out to them they reach out to you you have to be visible you can promote yourself on social media or you can pay you can use any form of promotion by paying but ultimately they get to experience your work they are going to speak for you they are going to recommend you because they know you are you'll do a good job they would have got benefited they want the colleagues to get benefited they want the friends to get benefited so ultimately you would get benefited because of word of mouth marketing but as a first move you have to make yourself visible for that probably you may have to pay okay yeah i i think you put it very crisply and <laughs> to the point i just want to delve deeper into this so does the type of marketing depend on the quality of the product or service or does it depend on the target audience or uh, that we cater to or does it depend on the stage of the business or or does all of this i mean all of these need to be taken into you know account while we do marketing so if you can let us know through any example also i mean that'll be great personally i feel uh, any one element does not play a single role is a combination of all these factors always whatever you said you know the kind of product or the service the nature of the audience you're targeting or the stage of the business a particular you know business is in all of them definitely contribute to uh, uh, the kind of you know promotion they choose okay i'll just give a hypothetical example if your uh, yeah. audience a young a two young millennials you know they are on instagram right now because uh, people who are on facebook are considered to be old right now okay. <laughs> yeah so everyone uh, wants to get on instagram so you know when you are targeting a young audience you deliberately move to your the place where they are right. because brands always follow the crowd brands always follow the customer is never the other way around so wherever the customer moves the brands have to be there so if some someone like a ktm when a bike or something which is targeting a young audience uh, they want to promote they will definitely choose something and a, a, a platform which the young customers are using the which the young audience are using beat any brand mm-hmm. okay that could be one example and uh, not only that they might also consider the kind of product okay if it is an industrial product probably it might not work well on instagram at all it might be for example a bulldozer you you don't have to promote it on probably uh, instagram it did this answers the question of nature of the product so that way there are a lot of elements probably uh, there are more elements than we have probably uh, discussed right now all of them are contributing to a choice of promotion the kind of promotion you choose that's what i feel right um I think for a business or for any solopreneur or entrepreneur I think they need to do the homework about you know which platforms to market on because they have to reach out to their target audience so thank you for that sir moving on so with many virtual businesses uh, on the rise i mean considering the pandemic as well so what do you think uh, that they should focus on pertaining to a marketing strategy probably to create a strong base yeah what is your view on this I think the most important aspect for any business, for that matter, whether they are online or offline, whether it is pre-pandemic, pandemic or post-pandemic, the most important aspect is being true to their audience, being true to their customers. Let's say I'll take your example again. See, you have a podcast right now, and you have a podcast on entrepreneurship. 
you are talking about the various phases of entrepreneurs or various kinds of entrepreneurs now you expect the audience who are interested in entrepreneurship to follow you mm-hmm. okay probably who want to become entrepreneurs or keen on entrepreneurship different forms you know you have given nice titles you know sidepreneur and mompreneur and all of these you know so you when when people come in and subscribe to your channel they are expecting entrepreneurship stories from you right yes. they are they are expecting uh, certain kinds of inputs certain kinds of stories or you know people's journeys about their entrepreneurship journey right let's say right. tomorrow slightly if you are talking about something else which is not connected to entrepreneurship what happens to these people they would tend to think that okay this is not what i uh, subscribed this particular channel for and many brands as they grow we forget the purpose why we started it we probably want to diversify ourselves too much without actually making uh, arrangements for them there is no nothing wrong in diversification shweta can always start a second podcast and probably talk about cooking there's nothing wrong in it you get it right so you just have to be clear segregation that brings us to the point of being true to your customers whatever uh, methods we choose of marketing we just have to never forget what we start started as or what is our audio audience with us for they subscribe to us they joined us they buy our products and services because we promise them certain things correct and every time we just have to fulfill that particular promise and not deviate from that so as long as we promise and deliver what we have promised you don't have to even exceed it just deliver what you promised and people will stick on to you you don't have to promise the sky and the moon see people don't expect too much so what happens is let me say on a scale of 10 let's say you have promised them only two and they come with expectation of two you just give them that particular two they'll be happy but if you promise them three and give two they won't be happy so be careful when you're promising something to your audience don't promise uh, because you're too excited or because you're too desperate to get an audience or customers because they are going to leave you sooner or later and when they leave you they'll leave a huge void which cannot be filled so just don't promise too much just be, stay true to your brand true to what you can offer and true to your audience as in with your promise be realistic with your promise and i'm sure even if people are less they'll stick on to you and that number that tribe will increase over a period of time true it's all about the integrity exactly it's always about the integrity okay uh, wonderfully said sir thank you for that i'm just uh, moving on to the last question uh, before i move on to the last section uh, well being is of utmost importance for anyone for that matter especially now because we are in the pandemic uh, so what is your uh, workout routine like and uh, what do you indulge in apart from work so <laughs> this is a, a nice question as in right now we are forced to do something physically you know <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, see from childhood my parents have like uh, they were very keen on us getting into some kind of physical activity they put us into sports and you know some my father used to you know force me to go out for jogging and all of those but i never enjoyed <laughs> i never enjoyed any kind of a sport i used to play basketball you know by my stature does not say that but i have used to always uh, in my high school i used to play basketball and i, I was uh, i can safely say that i was in the team which represented our district at that point of time i never okay. played though but i was in the team which represented our district uh, wow. basketball but uh, i i did not continue it later right. and on and off on and off i have been doing lot of things you know and i recently joined for a past one year i was with cult i joined cult and i was enjoying the process and all of a sudden pandemic happens and all the cult centers shut down and uh, that point of time what happened was uh, i somehow 
picked up something which i hated all my life yoga i oh. never enjoyed yoga in my life i thought okay. it is very slow i don't know it i never enjoyed it i did not appeal to me at that point of time i don't know during pandemic what happened is it because of the time i got or uh, you know the freedom in terms of uh, the kind of work we were doing or the time we got i started doing it forcefully initially but somehow i picked up a taste for it and uh, i started enjoying yoga more so when i understood it is more about the mind than the body when i got that realization and uh, i have been doing that throughout the pandemic continuously and now i can happily say that i enjoy doing yoga <laughs> wonderful sir so you explored yoga as well <laughs> exactly i wanted to try it because there's something which i have been i had a love hate relationship all my life you know i remember my father had joined me to yoga class when i was in fourth standard fourth standard fifth standard i was going there i don't know if it was joining yoga too early i don't know why i started hating it i never liked it but yes as you said i just wanted it's like you know patching up with a old friend it's like okay i have lot of free time let's let's come and let's see what what is it between you and me let's patch up once again you know it's like having a conversation with a friend i just started doing it and uh, somehow i picked the knack for it right now i do it well but i enjoy doing it that's more important and i i did one more thing i just invested in a very very expensive yoga mat so whenever i look at it i feel guilty of not doing it so i, I just roll it out and do it you know that that is a visual trigger we need visual triggers for everything right so that's a visual trigger whenever it is lying in my you know room and i am like okay i have not done it i paid so much for it let me do it so once i get on the mat it's like one and a half hour easily again again you know i don't know i just it just takes away like that <laughs> wonderful i mean that's really amusing because you're trying to break even with the yoga mat <laughs> no it's just i i believe see as human beings when we are trying to do something we need visual cues otherwise we we tend to forget a lot of things it's like it's, you know when someone is trying to build a body they have posters of you know bodybuilders around why they need right. some kind of a visual cue okay i need to become like that so i wanted to have a visual cue of a yoga so i just bought some expensive mat and put it in my room so whenever i see i should feel guilty okay i have to do it now okay you know i have to do it wonderful i mean i so agree with you know i have a vision board i mean not just for yoga but for everything you yes. know like uh, because that keeps me on track okay even if my mind is like uh, telling something like okay no what are you doing or you know probably i'm on the down slide of things i just need to look into the vision board and like okay nothing doing let me just go on that's it no matter what's happening you know what shweta uh, i am a highly visual person like i i perceive oh. things uh, visually i see things visually you know and i i do not i cannot agree more with you as in with visual boards i'm a huge fan of visual boards i don't have but i i uh, completely agree with the fact that that visual elements visual cues are very important when uh, we are trying to do something you know that reminds us that okay this is why what you want to do this is why you are doing just don't lose the focus i i realized it with the example of bodybuilders having you know the posters of you know the you know well good bodies because that acts yeah. as a visual cue and forces them not to you know uh, go uh, away from what they are trying to pursue so yeah it's good that you are having a visual board I, i i don't have one i have to make one <laughs> yes you should <laughs> probably i'm sure you'll be exploring more other things <laughs> and probably the list will go on <laughs> just just trying out a lot of things and you know keeping what we like and just dropping what we don't like yes. a uh, wonderful um so we come to the end of the uh, talk i mean it's i call it the pruner spotlight section mm-hmm. uh so i'm going to run you through a few questions uh, and you could answer to me in a word or two or a couple of sentences so it's it's left up to you can it be more than that yeah yeah it can <laughs> be 
and and I would like to say this is as close I can get to quizzing a quiz master. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a rapid fire round right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So I'm excited. <laughs> yes, same here. Okay. Uh, so my first question is, um, what is your ikigai? So ikigai is nothing but uh, the reason for your being. Uh, so what is that one thing that you do, no matter what is happening around the world? Staying calm and happy. Wow. Trying to be calm, as in, I'm aware that I have to be calm. I might not be calm always, but when something is happening around, might be good, might be bad, you know, it's just trying to stay grounded and stay calm. It might be something of a great, you know, happiness or something of a, you know, something bad. Mm -hmm. I just try to tell myself, okay, stay calm. Don't get excited or don't get too depressed. It's like this too shall pass away, you know. That way, I try to stay calm. Beautiful, sir. I just yesterday I was just watching a video, you know, where uh, the person talks about, you know, things are happening outside, mm-hmm. but you don't need to identify yourself with that. Exactly. So you just be there, just stay grounded, as you mentioned, just stay grounded, stay calm. I think it shall pass. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't think I just got it as a, you know, enlightenment or revelation. It's gradually has dawned on to me that I have been guilty of, you know, acting excitedly, acting, you know, we have made our mistakes. But over a period of time, I have realized that, you know, whatever you do, if things have to happen, it will happen. As in, you know, it will just go on and as as it has to go on. And uh, I don't know if you know this uh, cockroach story. It, it, uh, you know, you know this, right? I'm sure once I tell you, you would recall it, you know. Okay. Um, I think Sundar Pichai shared it somewhere. I don't know. I, I just read it on Facebook, I believe. There was uh-huh. this, uh, you know, one cockroach. Uh, somebody, some people were uh, standing in a restaurant or somewhere, and uh-huh. suddenly a lady starts screaming, you know, jumping, screaming around and running around, and everyone is wondering why, what happened. Okay. And finally, okay. they realize, okay, she has a cockroach on her body, and she just wants to get the cockroach off her body, and she just somehow pushes it off to a, you know, some next person. Right. And the next person, he's just staying calm and he just, you know, does this. He just. Shrugs it off his shoulder. That's it. Right. It's the same cockroach, but the way two people, you know, uh, reacted yeah. were different. Yeah, different. Okay, so I don't know why they named a lady as someone who got excited and the man as a calm person, but it could be otherwise also. I am not guilty of that. Yes. But yes, it could be otherwise also. So I'm just giving a disclaimer. I'm just telling you as I read it. Right. So, yeah. Right. So, irrespective of what is happening, I think we just have to stay calm. And I... I Try to stay calm. I'm not telling you that I uh, stay calm always, but I'm aware that I have to stay calm. Fine. Okay. I know you have been an avid reader, so I want to know what books have inspired you over your uh, over this period of time. I think throughout your journey. Okay, there are many, but I, I cannot probably uh, recall everything. The few uh, I can probably recall even in my dreams and you know, in my sleep also, which have had a huge impact on me personally. Mm-hmm. To help me stay motivated, to probably help me realize uh, myself, probably shown me a different phase of mind. Uh, I'll probably just list on those uh, names. I started reading avidly when I came to Bangalore and started studying, you know, graduation, started doing my graduation. That is when I picked up knack for, you know, uh, English books. Till then, I used to read uh, Canada books and all of those and uh, not much English books. I used to read English, but after coming here, the kind of books I had access to were different. The people I met and they, the kind of books they recommended were different. So one book which I, which I probably gift a lot to everyone, you know, whenever I give, I want to give to somebody, a very small, tiny book. It's called As a Man Thinketh. As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. All right. It has another title called As a Man Think, As You Think. They have multiple titles, 
but i think right. the original title is as a man thinketh okay so that okay. a very tiny book probably hardly 50 pages or 60 pages but mm-hmm. a profound book which had a huge impact on me in terms of it talks about the importance of your thoughts and that is one reason why why i why, why i wanted to name my quiz as think quizing because yeah that is about uh, thinking because i felt okay i thought of becoming a quiz master as i realized it and uh, so i wanted to name it think so everything starts from your thought right. you think and you become what you thought right so that way this book teaches us to be really careful about the choices of your thoughts and mm-hmm. to probably nurture your thoughts so that is a profound book uh, that is uh, as a man thinketh second one is another tiny book i am fans of small books i don't i am not a fan of huge books and because i i don't continue them a lot okay so i drop them if it is they are huge so second one is also a very small book mm, it is called uh, jonathan livingston seagull yeah yeah by uh, richard bash b a c h how are you pronouncing bash or batch uh, another amazing book which i gift a lot i give these two books a lot you know as a man thinketh and jonathan livingston seagull because both are tiny and anyone can read it that book talk about a seagull a bird with just questions that is my life all about only eating fishes wow. why can't i lay, fly like a eagle why can't i why can't we seagulls fly like eagles why are yeah. why are we limited just to fly to a certain level then dive to uh, the sea and pick up a fish and you know happy happy about so that particular one seagull questions their uh, you know being and strives to become a better flyer and then ultimately succeeds in becoming that so okay. that beautiful book taught me to just question status quo as in question why why you should remain as something why can't you explore something else so that is a beautiful book uh, you know jonathan livingston seagull and i'll name you two more books uh, second third one is uh, uh, another book which taught me to be happy always is uh, tuesdays with mari yeah, by which album you have read it right i love the old gentleman the mari over there and uh, just to give a small you know uh, two line summary of for the benefit of the you know audience here it is about yes. a person called mari uh, it is a original story as in the author which album uh, mari was a teacher so when mari in, in his uh, you know uh, at the point of his you know end years this which album decides to spend uh, weekly once you know time uh, weekly once with mari every tuesday he spends with him and that conversation is recorded as tuesdays with mari so this mari <laughs> the in the way he, he leads the life and even when when he is on his deathbed when he is uh, being you know somebody else is changing his adult diapers the way he takes it you know the way he looks at the scene he just says that i see i can i can get to live my life as a kid again somebody else changing your diapers is a let's say a sense of embarrassment but he sees it as see i am becoming a kid again someone else is doing all my job i am getting to sleep and enjoy so it's just that he just taught me to be happy in even on the death bed you know so i love that book tutors with mari and uh, just to mention the last book um, the last lecture the last lecture the last lecture by randy posh okay. that is another amazing uh, book you know he was a uh-huh. professor he was a lecturer and uh, he gets diagnosed with cancer okay. and uh, there is this uh, uh, custom in in in, un- in universities where a person when he is retiring or leaving a particular institution they give their last lecture and people across the college are invited to attend his last lecture so he gives his last lecture because he's going to die mm. he diagnosed his diagnosis with cancer and he knows he is going to die and this uh, is story about that and he talks about a lot of things childhood dreams and a lot of things and the best part uh, one one line which i like the most is he says i'm happy because i am dying with cancer and i am not dying because of a heart attack or a accident because cancer gave him time to prepare his family prepare himself for the death 
prepare his family in every aspect as in financially materialistically in emotionally but if he would have you know died with a heart attack or accident he wouldn't have got this privilege he says so he is happy that he did not get a heart attack or accident and he got a cancer that's just one line you know but a wonderful book uh, last lecture so let's say i just would name there are many uh, biographies also and i i read i read a lot of non fiction not fictions so but these four books have had a profound impact on me wow wow i i'm sure to catch the other three books i know i've read tuesdays with mori so thank you for that i'll give you a bonus uh, question one more uh, if you have not read it there's another one called man search for meaning oh i've read that uh, victor, victor frankel yes that is another yeah, i have read it right ha, that is another amazing book you know all right uh, so moving on so hypothetically uh, if you turn out to be the richest person in the world tomorrow so what would you like to do or would you continue to do what you're already doing well that was a very interesting question shweta if i have all the money in the world i will still keep doing what i do right now but certainly i will do it more efficiently now what i mean by that is uh, for example i will recruit a team to do all the repetitive and mundane and regular work uh, for me so that i can focus on something which is more important and worthy of my time so this way uh, probably i can uh, make use of the resources i have and uh, use my time and effort more efficiently but certainly i would keep doing what i am doing right now well said okay um so what is the secret uh, of you being productive in the multitude of things that you are doing like you know being an academician a quiz master uh, a logo designer so how do you do it all see seriously speaking i don't consider myself productive okay <laughs> yeah frankly speaking because i feel uh, when i look at people around me they are i don't know if they are busy or they are productive but i consider myself compared to them i'm not productive at all but if you ask me how i can do all of this it is possible because they are not happening at the same time yes true that's as simple as that you know uh, a logo designing happens at my free time when i uh, quizzes regularly i post questions for so for that i have time i prepare questions and post it every day and i schedule it as in we have a lot of scheduling uh, websites so i use uh, hootsuite and schedule on that so that is also not an issue my uh, teaching happens at a fixed time so that is not an issue quiz mm-hmm. shows happens time whenever it happens so i arrange everything around that particular thing so if we it is about priority right if i have to do lot of things i can definitely find time uh, for it i, I think I, so that way i still feel like i have a lot of time and i can do lot of time and i'm guilty of uh, you know being free most of the times and i don't know <laughs> i i'm just guilty of being not productive but yes so to answer your question yes uh, i can do all of this because they're not happening parallelly this is not multitasking i cannot do multitasking since they have their own set times i can do all of them. yes i mean i so agree with uh, you know you mentioned that they have their own times i think pertaining to time blocking like i i you know i set aside a block of time for doing uh, a a task or a b task so that gets done and i'm totally involved at that point in time and i don't have to bother about any other thing uh, i I, th- i think you are doing that probably you know uh, unconsciously i'm doing that but uh, yes. formally i don't have a plan as in a time block I used okay. to, uh, you know, write content for a brand on social, all their social media content. As in, I used to write small poems for them, uh, you know, taglines or social media punchlines. Everything I used to write for a uh, grocery brand uh, online. So that I used to do early in the morning. I don't know why, but I used to feel comfortable. I thought my thought process was good because it was more driven in terms of words. So I thought that words clarity I will have in the morning. So six o'clock or sometime I used to take up a laptop 
and sit down to uh, they would have an excel sheet and they would have said what each line should uh, you know mean or the same so i would just sit at in the morning so nice. probably for quizzing i would not cannot sit in the morning it's just that how my mind is comfortable Yes, I mean wonderful, and I would also like to tell the listeners that uh, you can probably check out Think Quizzing's Instagram or Facebook page uh, or LinkedIn as well, uh, where uh, you know you get to probably learn some more, probably through the quiz questions which uh, Shridhar sir puts across, and it's very interesting. I think it's it's already like nine uh, hundred odd questions, right? I think nine fifty. I think you crossed nine fifty. Yeah, nine fifty two. Yes, that's amazing. I mean, I have looked through some, but at times I'm like, okay, I'm always like. Okay, what is this? What is the answer for this? So there is a point, right? Because when you look at the question, you would not know it, but later you would understand it, right? When later you will know. Oh, this is the answer. So that is think. That is what I think stands for for me. Absolutely, I think for all the quizzing enthusiasts, I think you should, uh, you know, probably check out these uh, pages on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn. Get yeah, get quizzed. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Shweta, for that. Okay, a last couple of questions. Uh, okay, one is, what is your definition of success? Ha! Huh, this is something which is very philosophical and which is very very serious. I would like to take a couple of minutes to answer it. Okay. Please, please, please do. <laughs> the definition of success has evolved as I have grown up. As in, no, of course we have all the elements of you know money, happiness, materialistic value. All of those right. are yes relevant and staying there. but as of now if you ask me i have come to understanding that i can divide success in two parts because one is internal and external now internal i feel it is uh, contentment fulfillment not complacency okay not stopping or not being happy with what you already are but a sense of contentment and fulfillment i'll tell you why i got this uh, thought process of internal contentment i you might be aware of uh, Robin Williams, yes, is a yes. Uh, yeah English actor, and Anthony Bourdain. He was one of my favorite TV hosts. He is he was a cook. Uh, he was a chef. He was a cook, uh, you know cook show book author uh, traveler, both from America and and I love the film you know uh, uh, Dead Poets Society. Oh yes, Dead Poets Society. <laughs> you know he was a teacher in that particular film. So I love these two guys and uh, to the world they seem successful. Mm-hmm. They are a uh, top names in their you know area of uh, you know work. He he's uh, Anthony Bourdain is well known in the you know cookery circle and uh, Robin Williams as a wonderful actor, great actor. He was won a I believe Academy Award also for one of the roles. Goodwill Hunting. How oh, yes. Goodwill Hunting. I think he won a best supporting role for Goodwill Hunting. Now let's see right. these two people who are extremely successful to the outside world. They committed suicide. both of them committed suicide now that put me into thinking like there are many but these two i was a fan of these two guys and i was a fan of anthony bourdain his swag style and leather jacket you know i used to drool over that leather jacket and yes. i always have this wish i have to wear a leather jacket like him and host a quiz on stage that kind of affection i had for him and both of them died by suicide yeah. that got me to thinking that it seems everything you know is fine and they feel successful in every aspect you know monetarily they are successful name wise they are successful they have fans you know name fame everything they have but still they have something which is killing them right so i understood that internally if they are not happy for whatever reasons be personal reasons or professional reasons i don't know if so we have to be really happy internally first of all we have to be really contented fulfilled with our journey and i and my understanding is that see we attach our uh, sense of success to certain points that once i become this i feel i am successful once i reach this point i feel i am successful 
but that point might come 5 years down the line 10 years down the line so are we going to be unhappy all these 5 years till you reach that point no one knows when we reach that point or you know it might drag further so as long as we are in that journey of accomplishment as long as we know that we are doing what we want to do i think we have to be feeling successful i don't know if the world calls us successful but if i know that i am going or putting my steps in the right path of what i want to do i am successful it doesn't matter whether i reach it in one year or two year or 10 years or i never reach it i don't know but i cannot i just have to give that benefit to myself i can i should be fair to myself to say that i am doing what i want to do irrespective of the outcome of it you know because outcome is we know what is the outcome the world need not know it we don't have to be sharkan you know the entire world cannot be sharkan right where the success is like a story that fairy tale you know we cannot have it so we just have to be fair to ourselves and uh, don't beat ourselves up and as long as we are on the right path which we chose and uh, of course we can consider ourselves successful and in that sense i i consider myself successful and i don't have to give that definition to anybody right people find whatever they want to you know they might even call bill gates unsuccessful i don't know but it's just that it's their opinion so that way i call uh, internal contentment internal fulfillment uh, not complacency not repeating again as one aspect the external aspect i call is being valuable to someone else being of value to someone else always as long as we are let's say present or active or alive if you are adding value to somebody need not be explicitly if somebody can listen to you and they they find a good path they read about you and you know they are happy to you know do whatever they want to do that way you might not be explicitly being a part of anybody's journey but if you are adding value to somebody's life your own life your family's friends some of the people some strangers i think that is the external definition of success for me for me as i told you for me you know it yes. depends on different people so these are two uh, ways i look at uh, success being happy and contented always and being of value to others so beautiful sir i mean that's so amazing uh, for you to have shared that because i think as a society we always look into very materialistic uh, milestones like um, you know probably a very high paying job or being in a good relationship or having all the materialistic uh, wealth uh probably at times or we have seen that the society thinks that is being successful but no that's not it you know entrepreneurs or you know the side pruners like you or the academicians like you who are exploring a whole multitude of things and you know putting something of value to others i think that itself is success and yes i agree that it is very subjective very subjective yes Yes, very subjective, but I mean, so wonderful that uh, you think of that as success. So beautiful, thank you. All right. Ah, uh, so one last thing. Ah, uh, what would you like to say to you know the people who want to explore and also you know start their own venture? It could be ah uh, probably their own like a solo pruner or an entrepreneur or pro or people who are already on this journey are probably wondering how to go ahead or you know scale their business. So what would you like to say to them? let's say you have uh, some passion which you think you can um, convert into a profession okay because a passion if you want to uh, have it as just passion you don't have to worry about uh, monetizing it but when you want to monetize it then you have to think about practical aspects let's say one example if you are already in a job and you have another passion which you want to take up like full time i personally feel it is completely dumb of somebody to jump into it directly 
we get hyped up looking at the success stories we get hyped up looking listening to a lot of motivational you know uh, speeches and stories we forget the reality see uh, we have bills to pay we have a family to take care we have ourselves to take care if not the family itself of course you have to put in efforts to grow that passion of yours and monetize it till the point where you think it is a right time for you to probably leave this job and jump in there because that passion pays your bill if you just jump in without any preparation then probably you not everyone will be successful okay uh, see we listen to a lot of success stories of startups and everything is fine but i'm sure out of 100 you know success startups 2 3 are success whose stories are hyped up but let's let's say around 90% or more than that are failures failures monetarily of course the learnings people would have got from it might be tremendous but let's say as in a output as in the product as in monetary wise revenue wise profit wise there might be failures so yes. it might be not right for everybody to jump in without proper you know insurance as in insurance as in a proper backup plan so if you have a job please keep that job don't jump in directly and meanwhile nurture the passion you have a job till a particular time what is 6 o'clock 10 o'clock whatever probably next 4 to 5 hours nurture the other passion if the passion if that particular passion has the ability to grow into a profession and if it has the if you find the smart ways to make uh, monetize it and earn enough money for you for you to give the confidence to you know uh, jump from your current job and take that full time i think that is the right time to jump in otherwise jumping in directly is like jumping into water without knowing swimming believing that you will learn swimming you might learn swimming but nevertheless it's always a risk factor so i feel you know you just be prepared and uh, make sure your uh, you know family your yourselves your bills are not affected you know because when that reality strikes in your passion oozes out you know it just fizzes yeah. out so it it draws back us to our financial education financial literacy be financially prepared also Yes, yes, so true. I mean, so thank you, sir. I mean, for those wise words, I think um, we all need to figure out and um, find out if we can, you know, go forward with our uh, passion or dreams. But make sure that you have a plan per se as to how you're going to go about it. So thank you for that, sir. How can one reach out to you? See, I am uh, available on all social media platforms. On Facebook, our thinking page, think uh, quizzing page is called Think Quizzing. It's spelled as T H dot I N K. Q U I Z Z I N I N G. So it is T H dot I N K Quizzing. Think Quizzing. On Instagram and on Facebook, you can find me as Think Quizzing. On LinkedIn, you can find me as Sridhar Hcha. On Facebook also, you can find me as Sridhar Hcha. So I have Facebook. I have a two different identity as a you know as my quizzing page and as an individual professional. And LinkedIn, you can find me as Sridhar Hcha. Uh, thank you, sir. So I shall surely be, you know, leaving these links in the episode description. So I would like to thank you again for being out here and uh, sharing your inspiring story, and and I think and talking about all the hats that you have donned and very successful hats. <laughs> so thank you for that, and uh, you know, letting us know about the insights and your wisdom in your journey as an uh, side pruner or an academician or a quiz master and oh, and a logo designer as well. So thank you so much. It was such an honor to have you here. So thank you. <laughs> thank you very much, Shweta. It was a pleasure. It was more like uh, you know uh, talking to old friend. We have a lot of things to catch ah. up. It felt more like that, you know. It never felt like you know somebody is asking me questions as a quiz master or interviewing me like a journalist. You know, it was more uh, as a natural flow of thoughts. You know, uh, so it was very nice. And I don't know if my uh, story was inspiring. But if somebody can find some inspiration 
from the story i'll be more than happy uh, you know yes thank you thank you very much for uh, inviting me and i'm i'm honored and it's a pleasure to be here <laughs> Thank you, sir. I am very sure that uh, you know listeners out there will surely find it interest, uh, inspiring, and also interesting, and would also probably take the next step of uh, you know getting closer to their passion. <laughs> thank you so much, sir. Thank you, thank you very much, Vita. Thank you. Bye. That was quite an interesting episode. So let's look into the key learnings: the need for skill-based education system, need for education on personal finance or financial management right from schools. characteristics that make a quiz master investing in our passion is important logo designing the journey and the legal aspects marketing strategies depend on product or service the stage of business and also the target audience and always offer what you have promised to your customer thank you for joining me on this episode If you liked the episode and felt this had some value then please comment in the description section and also share the link with your friends likewise you can comment on instagram or take a screenshot of the episode and post it on instagram stories don't forget to tag me @shwetasikrish invest in yourself as this is the best insurance you can have no matter what life throws at you